0: Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is
1: Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is Episode 114, Stress Management for Working Students. You're working part-time or full-time, taking classes, and potentially taking care of family. How will you manage your stress so your grades stay good and that you don't burn out at work? We recommend not taking a full course load if you work full-time. Remember that in college, each hour of in-class time means two hours out of class work. A three-unit semester class means three hours in class and six hours of work outside of class, so nine total hours per week. Five unit quarter class means five hours in class and 10 hours of work outside of class, so 15 total hours per week. Multiply that by the number of classes you're taking and see how much time that takes up. Then take into account the number of hours you work each week, when those hours are, and how energized or exhausted you feel after a shift. Can you handle that schedule for a week? Probably, a month, maybe, full quarter semester, 10 to 16 weeks? Maybe, but pretty difficult.
0: In our research, we found several sites with information and advice on how to handle this particular type of stress, the kind caused by working while going to school. We'll link to those sites in the show notes. The main points we got out of these sources include have a plan, be organized, find ways to create a flexible schedule, prioritize and be realistic about it, learn how to manage your stress, communicate with your boss and professors, get enough sleep, take enough breaks, get enough social time, exercise regularly and practice self-care. So let's talk about each of these maybe in a little more detail. So the first thing is to have a plan and be organized. We talk a lot in this uh, podcast about making your time visible as part of time management, starting with episodes 12 through 16. Having your due dates on your calendar and in your planner early, that lets you plan your weeks. And if you have a regular schedule, you can figure out what times you can work on your school stuff. Use the schedule to work in time for reviewing, studying, writing, and resting and relaxing. And yes, this includes sleeping.
1: Find ways to create a flexible schedule. It's important to understand and accept the fact that some parts of your schedule will not be flexible, especially class times and work days. You should, however, take advantage of things like paid time off, changing shifts, or flexible hours to study to do your homework. As a student who's working at the same time, you should be ready to adapt to late nights with assignments, sudden work requests, or unexpected errands. However, the most important thing to do here is to make enough studying time in your schedule because work is making money while getting an education is spending it, and that comes from Florida National University.
0: Another thing is you need to prioritize and you need to be realistic about it. Time is a limited resource as you work and go to school. And this is the first step to understanding what you can realistically handle. Always be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Don't say, oh, I can do that when you know you can't. Don't try to cram 36 hours into a 24 hour day. It's not gonna happen. You simply do not have the time to do everything. So you have to decide on your priorities and accept that some things will have to change. Making time to socialize and exercise, that's important for your mental well-being, but you may have to miss a few things to complete an assignment or fit in a shift. Straight A's, that may not be possible. And kicking yourself for getting B's when you're working full-time and going to school, that's kind of unfair to you. Taking 15 units and working full-time, that's a recipe for disaster. Like, like Denore already said, we really recommend not trying to do both work full-time and school full-time at the same time. But also remember your life will not always be this hectic. And for now, you need to excel at these two objectives, getting the work done and getting the school work done.
1: You also wanna learn how to manage your stress. You're never going to have a totally stress-free life because stress is an unavoidable part of having these dual responsibilities as a student and employee. In this case, learning how to manage it is your best choice and an important life skill. You manage your stress by getting enough sleep, taking regular breaks, being active in class and at work, eating well, exercising, even taking a walk. Maintaining a healthy lifestyle will help you manage your stress and live your life to the fullest. After all, that's why you're studying, isn't it?
0: And some ways to manage stress in the moment include knowing how to say no, not leaving things till the last minute, and planning ahead so you can prioritize what you need to do and when. Now, we've done episodes about, you know, don't procrastinate. We've done episodes about planning ahead. But knowing how to say no is critical, and a lot of us have trouble with it. We still need to do it. Especially when it's our boss asking us to take on yet another shift or another project or stay another two hours overtime. Or our classmate asking us to take another part of the group presentation. Especially when we have a study session or a test coming up and our time needs to be focused on that first. Here are a few ways that you could say no and set that boundary. You know, I really wish there were two of me, but unfortunately, I don't have enough time to do that. Or, I wish I could, but I have another commitment at that time. I can't break it or sorry, I've already committed to something else at that time, or I wish I could, but I've got too much on my plate already. I can't fit that in. Or if it's a boss, for example, I can either do this project or that one. So which one do you want to be my priority? Because I can't do them both. And in the show notes, we've linked to an com article on 50 different ways to say no.
1: Communicate with your boss and professors. On this podcast, Adam and I regularly talk about communicating with your professors when problems come up, because we have lots of students to work with and we don't remember their schedules. When stuff comes up at work, let your professors know in a timely fashion and that makes accommodations a bit easier than waiting until the end of the semester and hoping the professor can retroactively change an earned grade. By the same token, your classes are probably not hobbies or taken just for fun, and your employer has to recognize and respect that. If your boss does not value your time or education, do they truly value you as a person and an employee, or are you just a disposable and expendable body to them? Fits the latter, you may want to look for a job that pays the same or better, but with bosses who respect your goals and will work with you to create a work schedule that works for them and for you as a student
0: another thing is to get enough sleep see our episode 105 for why sleep matters both work and school take up mental and physical energy and they need to be replenished and no you can't replace that energy with a quad shot latte or a couple cans of monster when i was in college and high school it was jolt cola all the sugar and twice the caffeine it still doesn't work to help you get rest that you need Sleep is necessary to good mental and physical health, not to mention being able to focus when you're at work or when you're learning.
1: Take enough breaks. Taking breaks to stretch, take a walk, get a drink of water, chat with a friend for 10 minutes on the phone, or meditate is crucial. Make sure you take regular breaks, whether you're at work or at school, for your own physical and mental health.
0: Another thing that we don't mention a lot, but we should, is get enough social time. Even if your life is cram jammed with school and work, make sure you've made some time for connecting with your friends. A regular Zoom call, or as we get back into being in person, now that the pandemic is being addressed, a regular in-person meetup, that can be critical to your mental health, even if you can only do it like once every other week. Getting together with a friend, just so you can vent if nothing else, that's really, really important, that connection.
1: Exercising regularly, even just taking a walk can make a big difference if you're stressed. Take your dog for a walk or your cat if you want to be adventurous or take yourself for a walk. But do something to get moving every day, especially if your job is relatively sedentary, like a desk job. If you're a gym person, prioritize your workout. If you're a swimmer, make sure you're in the pool a few times a week. If you're not a person who normally exercises, find something that you like doing so you know you'll want to do it. You might do well with riding a bike. Or a dance routine or yoga or tai chi find something that makes you feel better and that you enjoy so you'll do it regularly
0: and then we have the perennial question what if i get overwhelmed and you will and that means you need to practice self-care getting overwhelmed means you got to do some self-care and step away from the stressors if you can't you might want to make a list of touchstones things that help you when you're really stressed our episode 56 goes into detail on self-care for people who learn And here's some ways that work for self-care in the moment, especially when you're stressed out. So sometimes you need to take a nap or you need to go for a run or for a walk to work off the stress. Maybe you need to call a friend or your mom and vent for a few minutes about the stressors. Maybe writing it down and then crumpling up the paper and throwing it away or setting fire to it in a safe way like in the sink. That can work as a symbolic way of throwing away the stress. Sometimes all you need is a hot shower or a cold glass of milk. Taking calming breaths, doing block breathing, which is where you breathe in for four, hold it for four, breathe out for four and hold it for and do that four times. That can help you calm down. Classical music and smooth jazz can help you get calm, get chill, while quicker music with faster beats can help you feel more energized. If you're just sitting there going bah, and you need to get something done. So do this for yourself right now. Write down six or seven things that you know have worked in the past to bring down your stress levels. And then when you feel yourself getting overwhelmed, take a minute and go get that cold glass of milk. Take five minutes and take a walk around your building, okay? Self-care is critical to success when you're managing this kind of stress. Now, our experiences with it, I have been fortunate enough not to have to work either part-time or full-time during the undergrad, but I was disabled, so it had its own set of stressors. But when I got into grad school, I had a job as a grad student. I was working as a teaching and research assistant for a professor. And at least once I had a professor who tried to take advantage of me and a fellow grad student by giving us over 40 hours worth of grading every week. Our union contract said that she couldn't give us more than 20, but we got 40. Actually, I think I got 48 once one week. And after we complained to the department chair about workload, we basically got the last three weeks of classes without any work. The professor had to do all their own grading, and we got paid for the time that we'd been overworked up to that point. So saying no and going to people who had power over our boss that worked in that instance.
1: I remember back in my master's program, I had a professor try and assign me and the other teaching assistant more than the allotted hours worth of work per week. It was uh, either a juvenile delinquency course or a criminology course. The class met twice a week. Each class, this professor had students write something at the beginning and at the end of class. So two papers, handwritten, expecting them to be graded very quickly. There are 160 students in the class. So That workload was trying to grade 320 handwritten papers each week for a full semester. And that's on top of my own classes and on top of any reviews and discussion sections. I filed a complaint with the department showing how many hours I was working. And I told the department I would never work with or for this professor again. That turned out to be extremely true because I left the department after finishing the master's degree. I told the department they could pay me extra, they could respect my time, ideally both. Now my former boss, this professor, made some snide remarks to me and about me, but I just didn't care. Person can talk shit about me all they like, but they better respect my time, they better respect my effort. They wanna talk badly about me and I've got less power than them? That's a reflection on them, not on me.
0: Now, the other thing is, as a professor, I've had real trouble convincing students that the standard is one credit equals three hours per week at our semester system public university. Many students say no, no, one credit is one hour per week, but it's not. If you're a student, please, please take this to heart. Your professors design your classes on the understanding that for each unit or credit of your class, if you're at a semester school, you'll be doing three hours of work each week. That means a three unit class is nine hours a week. Plan for that. Because they are. This is non-negotiable. Accreditation agencies demand it. Now, teachers, the way you can use this information is be aware that many of your students are probably working at least part time, especially if you're working at a community college or a state level public university. And that means they don't have all the time you want them to have or expect them to have to work on your class. Make your class as flexible as you can. Determine which assignments are core and which ones are above and beyond with the core assignments enough to earn a C in the course and pass the class.
1: Also, make it clear early on that UCSC is a perfectly acceptable grade. Many of your students are coming from K-12 schools where only an A was acceptable. Knowing that you aren't judging them for C and B level work can go a long way toward building the trust students need to come to you when they're struggling.
0: So we're going to end with a quote from Simon Sinek, the writer of Find Your Why. Working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion. So that's the quote. And whenever possible, we recommend that you find your passion so it can reduce your stress. So that's what we have for you in Episode 114. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could write us a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts.
1: Be sure to join us next week for Episode 115, when we'll talk about handling mental health and maintaining your focus during a pandemic. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap.
0: We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to
1: www.patreon.com slash
0: learningmadeeasier. And we look forward to seeing you next week.